0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented... They'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. It's January again, and that means we're all rethinking our food choices. Daily Harvest makes sticking to your goals super simple with their chef crafted, frozen, ready-made meals delivered right to your door. From mouth-watering smoothies to savory bowls and gluten-free pastas, Daily Harvest food is built on organic fruits and vegetables. And the best part? There is never any gluten, dairy, or ultra-refined sugars. Visit dailyharvest.com and use code HARVEST for up to $65 off your first box, plus free shipping. Or find Daily Harvest in a grocery freezer aisle near you. With your choice of select sandwich, nugs, fries, and a drink, Wendy's $5 Biggie Bag is your go-to. Your nugget wingman. Your hot and crispy fry co-pilot. Just like like us we're like the bag boys what bag boys bag boys what you gonna do what you gonna do when we bring your food <sighs> for a deal you can count on bet on biggie and choose wisely choose wendy's bag boys bag boys U.S. price and participation may vary includes choice of JBC or crispy chicken sandwich with four piece snugs junior fry and small soft drink third party delivery pricing may be higher don't miss out on limited time appliance deals during the closeout event at Lowe's. Get up to 35% off select major appliances. Plus, save an extra $100 when you spend $999 or more on all major appliances. Hurry, these deals are too good to last long. Shop in-store or online today because Lowe's knows home improvement. Valid 1-4 through one twenty four. Selection varies by location while supplies last. See Lowe's.com for details. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis, Giannotto and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence, live on Memphis' sports station, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Her. Welcome, welcome, welcome Jim, mother, can you hear me whining? to the Giannotto and Jeffrey show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee, my name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter, on X, at jwright 929 espn Dennis Fuller's producer of the program for us. Glad that he's with us. Sitting across three the Crucial Appeals' lead sports columnist. The lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America he's on Twitter at mGado mark good day sir good snowy day to you Jeffrey I think it's stopped now though I think we're, we're I think we've uh the snow has stopped falling at least when I was just driving in here slowly yeah I mean I don't it's I don't know if it was supposed to pick back up I think, uh, I, think I think we might be done with it today was I fine I think tomorrow's gonna probably suck Well, yeah, today was okay. Just because there's not a lot of cars out, and you're right, it's like still like fluffy. Yeah, you know, (laughs) still fluffy, nice fluffy snow. Um, It's like gonna get, but it's gonna get churned up, and then well, that's like the misnomer. It's not that hard to drive through snow. It's hard to drive through like ice Ice. and all that stuff. Um, But nonetheless, we made it into studio. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day as well. Um, Big day, sort of. Well. Wind has kind of been taken out of the sails of the Grizzlies' big MLK Day game just because the weather and the makeup of the roster currently. Yeah, um, I mean, I think players available. Got the latest uh, bad news yesterday uh, that Desmond Bain didn't just sprain his ankle. He, like, sprained it real bad. Um, And he's going to be out at least six weeks, which strikes me as eh, we might have seen the last of Desmond Bain this season. Yeah, I mean, I was curious. Obviously... The injury was bad. It looked bad. Like, but like, if the Grizzlies were in the middle of a playoff run, would he be out six weeks? That's what I kept wondering. Well, they said it was grade three, which is the worst. Which is, you know, almost you know, he bent it bad, so to speak. I uh, mean, it looked terrible. Yeah. So, I don't know, but yes, but it, it's going to be a makeshift team down at FedEx Forum uh, later in a few hours. I'll be down there. I'm going to make the trek through the snow down to FedEx Forum but uh yeah some of the wind has been taken out of those sails what was going to be a marquee game on the schedule Grizzlies Warriors today uh because of a multitude of factors but uh we did have a uh, pretty significant sports weekend I would say not maybe not in terms of the quality of games but just in terms of you know it was a, it was playoff weekend for the NFL it was a huge. Kind of bounce back performance by the Memphis basketball team yesterday. Um, So lots to get to here on Overreaction Monday, two forty or so. I'm gonna jet out of here, but I'll join you over the phone. We'll talk about uh, that Grizzlies game at FedEx Forum, three o'clock. I think you're gonna you're gonna really you're gonna dive deep into the NFL playoffs, right? Um, We're gonna get a deep dive, and then three thirty, Seth Greenberg from ESPN is gonna join us. He called Memphis basketball. An elite eight, potential elite eight, final four type team. Yesterday, after during the uh, post game show or between game show on ESPN two after uh, Memphis got that big Studio win. Show. Studio show, yeah, you're right. After that uh, big win over Wichita State, so we'll 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 get his thoughts on what Memphis basketball is doing here. Oh, by the way, top ten ranked Memphis basketball team. They they came in at number ten in the AP poll today. Coaches poll has them at number twelve. Um, but fun times to be a Memphis basketball fan. Yeah, I mean, I, y- yesterday was one of those games that— I think we should start with that. That was the biggest yeah. thing that happened over the weekend locally was, I mean, they, they score 112 points. on They win one twelve eighty six over Wichita State. I had to go back. I looked it up. It's the most points a Memphis basketball team has scored in a road game since 1955. That seems good. Yes, 70 years. Once in the 70 years occurrence. Um, And uh, it's the most points, or tied for the most points, I should say, that they've scored in a game since 1994, period. When was the last time they had back-to-back 100-plus point performances? I I did not look that up. And i got to imagine in conference play, that's maybe never happened. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I'm not sure. And it's certainly, like, in regulation, like, one yeah. of them was a regulation game. Like, now, I, I asked—I never got an answer back from ESPN Stats and Info. I asked on X yesterday, like, where does—you know, has anyone scored 112 points or more than 112 points in a regulation game this season? Apparently, Arizona scored 122 in some yeah, game would earlier this year. Yeah, some games, there had to have been. Yeah, but that was— Really impressive what but they did. I, I they would, set a school record I'd with 19 three-pointers. I'd be willing to bet nobody's nobody's put up that kind of number in a conference game. Yeah, like against a semi-legitimate yeah. opponent. Um, and on the road, too. Uh, so, really nice bounce-back performance by Memphis after those five kind of, you know, eking it out wins. Um, the second half in particular. I mean, it's a three-point game at halftime. And by my calculations, Jeffrey, they scored... On fourteen of their first fifteen possessions of the second half, I I, I couldn't remember the miss. Um, it was a turnover. It ah, wasn't a miss. Okay. It was a turnover. I was going to say it was like I don't remember the miss. It was like a yeah. It was a turnover by someone. Um, and I believe it was twenty of their first twenty four possessions they scored. They end up scoring I believe sixty three points in the first in the second half. Um, <laughs> after scoring forty nine in the first half, and it was I mean it was. You know, first, it was Jaquan Walton after getting booed by, you know, because he transferred here from Wichita State. or I guess he technically transferred here from UCF after spending last season at Wichita State. But he he starts hitting early. then Quinterly, I thought was awesome in that game yesterday. Yeah. Uh, then in the second half, I believe David Jones scored fifteen points in a matter of three minutes and thirty seconds <laughs> in, early in the second half. Uh, you had Malcolm kind of taking control in the paint in the first half. Nick Jourdain coming on in the second half. Naquan Tomlin was pretty consistent throughout. Um, you saw it all. It, it all came together in a way that reminded you for the first time in a while. Oh, this is the potential. Like this is. I don't know if this is what this team will ultimately be remembered as, but they've got the potential for something pretty awesome here. Yeah, I mean that's this, what that was a reminder of. The, the second of. half was the the reminder of the ceiling of this team's really high. Yeah. I think yeah. that's Again, high. I don't know if they'll reach it. I don't you know, we saw in those last 5 games like they 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 have the potential to, you know, live really dangerously. And my gut tells me just cuz they broke through yesterday, we haven't seen the last of those, you know, nail-biter type of games here in conference play. There's going to be more of them. But it was nice for the first time in a few weeks, to really see this team clicking mostly on all cylinders. Defense still, you know, still needs to be tightened up a little bit. My other thing was, I'm sure this will get taken the wrong way, but I'm literally just talking about, forget the two teams. When you see Mm 112-86, that doesn't feel like the ass-kicking that it was. Like, you you know what I mean? Like, I think it's maybe because you're giving up 86, but at the same time, it's like, no, 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 no. They won... They won by 26. Like, I don't know. There's something about when you look at yeah. the numbers on the paper that, that doesn't look as wide as the margin was. Because that second half was impressive. Yes. And, and you know, they win by 26 on the road. And their net jumped from 50 to 39. Um, This is what I've been screaming about. You've got to start blowing some of these bad teams out. And the irony is, on paper, this was probably one of the better teams. All, eh, well, yes, but also they've now well, – I think they've lost six in a row, Wichita. Like, this looks like it's uh, it's cratering a little yeah. in Wichita. They, they, um, so with the, you know, new coach, pl- some players who probably didn't come to maybe, play for maybe him. Maybe got some buy-in, maybe, yeah. maybe losing some buy-in. Yeah, so I would say that'll be interesting to watch the rest of the year, how good this Wichita State team actually is. But it didn't matter. Like, the fact that they put up 112 against, a D, you know, like a college team that wasn't like – Little Sisters of the Poor is really impressive. And um, you got to feel pretty good about it. They had to average almost like a point and a half per possession. I mean, it was their points per possession. I believe in the second half, Jeffrey, they were at a 1.6 points per possession rate. Now, that might be confusing. For reference, the number one team, I looked it up during the game, the number one team in the country in terms of points per possession this year is Alabama and they average 1.3 points per possession. Yeah. Um, so that just gives you a sense of just how um not just awesome this offensive display was, how efficient it was. I mean, it was just every time down the floor they were scoring and it seemed like different guys were scoring and it was just it was overwhelming. And even Penny at the end, you could just tell hearing him talk afterwards, it was he was kind of just taken aback by it. Um and again, it's about Doing that, not maybe not doing that consistently, but the essence of that, the shot making involved with that, um, the ball movement. I thought the ball moved better yesterday than it had felt like all season. Uh, capturing that again, you're not going to score 112 points probably again this season, but if you can, if you can bottle some of that up, um, it is very clear to me that I know maybe it's a little frustrating to Penny the defense. Like, they don't need to be Penny's best defensive team to run through this league. No, I mean, that was kind of the other thing I was thinking in the second half. It's like, okay, is this their formula? Just be... Because, like, to me, like, that, that formula, like, that looked like when we always talk about what is the comp going to be for, for this team in whatever, the, forever as long they got to be in this league that they are. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the obvious goes to Gonzaga. Like, that's what Gonzaga looks like when they play in yeah. conference play, where all of a sudden, you know, maybe the game was close at half, And then the second half, you're just like, oh my God. That was how I felt watching yesterday. Well, and to me, the difference was where they were better defensively than they were, say, the last couple games, they still I mean, Wichita State shot fifty five percent from the field and fifty two percent from three. And now some of those, like that Rignall guy, like he went four of nine from three point range for five in the first half, I believe. Like you were supposed if you looked at his numbers, you were supposed to leave him open. You know what I mean? Like he just had a really good shooting day. Um, like an uncharacteristically good shooting day. And then in the second half, he you know, he kinda it was more, you know, returned to the average. I also felt like part of the game was probably not repeatable, not from the amount of shot making. I don't I can't remember a college basketball game I saw like that that was officiated like that. Where oh, they was, allowed the game to actually have flow. Well, it was it was officiated like a set of refs. We're trying to get out of Wichita yeah. as quickly as yeah. possible. I mean, they're <laughs> that because <laughs> like of because how cold it was or whatever. That, but that's that's the, what it struck me as. That's the other thing. Like the yeah. irony to me was like the the game actually had a flow to it. Yeah, I mean, the the I had I don't know if I've ever watched or covered a game where the first media timeout happened more than seven minutes into the yeah, game. Yeah, and they almost blew through the second media timeout. Yeah, it was yeah. like twelve fifty to go. But the thing I was going to point out, the thing I thought that was no, notable. Defensively for them is this year's team, if you really looked at the nitty-gritty of like what's the difference defensively this year compared to some of Penny's best teams, they weren't they, they haven't been as disruptive as yeah, we some of turnover previous, rate. Yet. Yesterday they they caused eighteen Wichita State turnovers and turned those into thirty one points. Like that that might be the formula. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to—I don't know if they can stay in front of teams well, consistently. The they haven't shown is, it all year, basically. The other thing is, when you play with as much pace as they did yesterday, you're not going to hold teams to 60 points or fewer. Like You know what I mean? Yes. Like, there's just too many possessions. Now, yes, but also, we should point out— now Memphis, so Memphis, it is amazing. So they they scored at a one point six points per possession rate the entire game. They scored, I, and honestly, like I felt like that if you would have gotten it before like five minutes to go, I bet it would have been higher. They scored on sixty on two thirds of their possessions. Yeah, yesterday, um, Wichita State was at a one point one points per possession rate, which again anything over one is considered, like, okay. Yep. Um, so it's not great, but, like, at the same time, to your point, when you're playing that many possessions. Well, it's, um, it's the Alabama formula, like, yes. you know what I mean? Yes. And so, um, again, I don't know big picture if you want to make too much of it other than the fact that it was nice to see them really kick someone's butt again. And, no, like, I mean, me, it like- feels like they are capable of doing that against just about anyone left on their schedule except maybe Florida Atlantic and maybe that road game against SMU, maybe? Yeah, and I mean, there's always just going to be... Tulane looks, Tulane looks like it's pretty good, too. Tulane took FAU to the wire. Um, you know, I mean, there's always just going to be the nights where, like, you know, the other teams more jacked up. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. sitting there going, this team's got to show up 35 nights a year. But you do... No, did... like they, have, they have USF this week at home and then at... I believe it's at UAB, is it, this weekend? Yeah, I think that's right. Like, I think it's at UAB. Um, Maybe maybe it's at Tulane. No, it's at Tulane this weekend, I think. I wanted to say, like, it was, like, two home, two away. They have have at Tulane and at UAB the next two weekends. I'm not sure which way it goes. I think it's at Tulane. So, South Florida Thursday, that's at home. Mm -hmm. Then it's, you're right, then it's Tulane at UAB, but there's a week in between. There's a week in between. Like, my gut tells me that at Tulane game is going to be a tough one because it's always it's been since Ron Hunter got there that at Tulane game is tough. I mean, I watched every I watched every possession of their and they got FAU a lot of the game. same guys it's, they it's, have last it, it, year. I was like, that looks like Tulane did last year. Yeah, they got a lot of the same guys back yeah. from last year who, when they swept Memphis in the regular season, now Memphis. Remember, beat the living daylights out of them yes, in the AAC. They, there was some frustration taken out in <laughs> Fort Worth, but no. And now they're they're number ten in the country, Memphis. Um, this is the highest they've been ranked this late, I believe, since oh eight oh nine, the Tyreek Evans season, um, and I think it's the first time they're fifteen and two or better. Like this is their best record through seventeen games since the oh seven oh eight season. So. Um, no, I mean this team has this team has allowed itself to dream, in my opinion, bigger than the the previous Penny teams because the sure. the seating everything's going to be in front of. Wouldn't them. you say? I mean, I don't know. If, it all depends on the matchups. At this point, with what they've shown you and what they've done, would it feel like a disappointment if they lose in the first weekend of the NCAA tournament? I mean, it always, it's, it always it's hard because it, we don't know what their seat is. We don't know what they like. If they play some instant, like if they're a four seed and lose to a five seed in the second round in some instant classic game, is that really a disappointment? I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably trending that way. Yeah. Um, Because, like, to me, though, the FAU game didn't hurt until you realized, like, what the path was in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, I mean, I guess technically Purdue lost before them. I don't know. I mean, I think I think the reality is it always is disappointing whenever you lose. And then two other interesting storylines to emerge kind of sandwiched around this game. Let's start Friday right after our show. Mikey Williams committed to UCF. Um, I wrote a column over at CommercialBeal.com where I kind of – I kind of – I don't know. I laid into him as the right, right phrasing for it. I don't know. But, like, I, I just found the – I find the whole thing uh, – I don't mind that he transferred and left. I, I, I kind mean, did of, he technically tra- – I mean, I guess yeah, the paper he did. Like, he went into the portal. I just found – I found it very disingenuous how he was trying to – him and his lawyer were trying to, like, turn the narrative and blame Memphis for all of this. Like, yeah, they hadn't approved him yet, but they were going through their process, and, like, for him to, like, try to rush Memphis through some process when they'd stuck by him through all of this – felt very slimy to me. Yeah, I guess the my only point of contention is it feels like Memphis finally got the the Mikey Williams treatment. Like everyone else that felt like they dealt with Mikey Williams beforehand was like, man, this is not a fun. This, well, this his, is kind of gross. Yeah. Like, well, know. and his argument is is that essentially if he, you know, ultimately if he waited until after April, he wasn't guaranteed to be eligible next year if he transferred. But he could have waited until April. He could have waited this out till after the season if he really wanted to play at Memphis next year. And it sounds like he wants to try and play this year, and UCF, you know, probably, certainly a little more desperate, I guess, than Memphis is saying they're going to try and figure out a way to get him eligible this year. I'll believe that when I see it. I don't see how that, I mean, I, maybe. I, I don't know. I just felt like the whole time this entire thing felt like another money grab. It felt like it seemed obvious to me that he probably needed money because I presume he spent a lot of money to avoid the yeah. the let's be real avoid prison yeah um, and then it probably didn't help that I don't think I don't think Penny and the coaching staff had a bunch of warm and fuzzies about JJ Taylor and so I think it was very obvious to me that they're a package deal but I I think I I mean Penny has said as much I think Penny wanted Mikey like and I, think, I I agree but I th- I I I think that was a I don't know if Penny wanted JJ anymore yeah well I think he was willing to you know I, I it'll be interesting to see what Mikey Williams does at UCF will he even play a game there I don't know like you know like with a guy like that like I don't even know but you got that and then on the back end of this well it was technically happening on the same day but it was reported today by Jason Muns over at the commercial appeal so apparently Last week, Jordan Brown came back to town and was looking to get back on the team and is still looking to get back on the team, it sounds like. And according to MUNS, and you can go read this over at commercialpeel.com. there was a players-only meeting on Friday before the team left for Wichita in which Jordan Brown participated in it. Um, And uh, suffice to say, I don't think it went great for Jordan Brown because he did not make like I think the pl- the thought was he apo- you know maybe apologizes to the team or something like that and then you know he makes the trip to Wichita maybe not to play but just to be with the team if he's back on the team cuz very clearly the fact that he came back to Memphis tells me at least the coaching staff was a you know sort of on board with it um, but he did not make the trip to Wichita and according to Munz's reporting it was because the players at least initially here kind of balked at you know him trying to get back on the team. So the first question that i have is it does seem to be that there is a difference of opinion between the coaching staff and the players. That seems to be likely. I yeah, i would say if you if you were speculating about that, i don't think that's unfair speculation given again, no one's explicitly said that either way, either side, but i would say based on the circumstances that have been reported that would seem to be That would be my speculation. So the big question that I have is, is this a situation where the coaching staff's hands are tied and Jordan Brown says, I want to come back? They're in a position where they're like, well, we kind of have to let him back. Like, we can't just, like, we can't just say, like, no, stay at home. Like, I I don't know. Or is it a situation to me where the coaching staff's like, maybe we don't need him, like, right now, but maybe we'll need him later. And so you want that insurance policy? To which, if that's the case, I think this is a mistake. And I, the biggest reason why I think this is a mistake is right now things are going really well, mm-hmm. and I just don't want to invite something like that into my locker room. Like i th- I think you gotta you gotta do exactly what they did here off the Friday meeting. If the players don't want them back, I don't think you force it. Like if they if they don't want them back, like. I, you know, I keep thinking of, I keep thinking of that scene in Miracle when, remember when Herb Brooks tries to bring in the guy who was having a good year and, and, you know. uh, You mean when, when Banks came in? It was, yeah, whoever, I don't know. But like, and then they, they pull Herb, Herb Brooks. talking about the real documentary. (laughs) They pull Herb Brooks. This is, you know, this is their team and they've, they've gone through battles together. And like, this is even different in that, you know, like Jordan Brown left, especially, he left it like, honestly the the worst moment of the season arguably like they lost 200 at old miss loss right wouldn't you that was like the I mean, worst moment of the season there were more shades of there were more shades of better off without him yeah i mean i think you go with what the players feel and if the players don't want him back you don't try and force him back onto the team i mean the other thing is i think malco's having a great year mhm i mean i guess maybe like in your back of your mind you've always just got like well It's not going to last forever with Malco? I think this is in theory. Again, I didn't really necessarily see a ton of this when he was actually playing for Memphis. I think the theory is if you get into a slow-it-down game later in the season, it'd be nice to have, one, the depth Jordan Brown provides because Malcolm gets in foul trouble all the time. But two, none of these bigs that they have has a true back-to-the-basket game. And I will say he didn't show up much, but in the second half of the Missouri game early in the year, like that was actually very helpful to have him scoring back to the basket. Again, I'm kind of with you where I don't think I haven't seen it enough where I'm like, I gotta get this guy on the I team. Mean, the problem that I have with this is you basically came up with a scenario that yes. might happen once. What? Once. Like maybe in the second round and you're four or five. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's not it it doesn't feel like a need. You know what well, I mean? Well, and then like, on top of that, like Who's to say that in that exact moment, he plays well? Yeah. No, and, I mean, he looked overmatched this just his first feel... 10 games. And, frankly, like, out of shape. Like, he I'd looked like overmatched be... and out of shape when he was here for the first 10 games or so. I'd like to know which coach is leading this charge. Because this also strikes me as another GM Penny move not helping Coach Penny. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Um... Unfortunately, Jason has had a nightmarish travel experience coming back from Wichita, so he will not join us. He has probably has better insight into that than me, but um so we're both kind of in well, you're you'd say basically no. Like just end of sentence no. I'm not bringing that guy. When back. that team meeting went that way, mm-hmm. I would have figured out a way to like be like, "Jordan, I'm sorry." Yeah. Cuz Penny is not saying that. Penny Munz was able to ask Penny yesterday in Wichita on the record about the meeting and while Penny didn't go into specifics about the meeting, he made it pretty clear that, like, the door—he feels this is not done yet. Like, Did this conversation is not done yet with Jordan Brown, so to speak. The flu? What was it? Yeah, I don't know. We don't know that yet. Yeah, yeah no, maybe he just he went to the Mayo yeah. Clinic for a few yeah. weeks and, you know, got better. That's like when whenever you get the blowhards on Twitter, you, you really don't think he was sick? No, no. I don't like my brain. Like at a certain point, like we are given judgment as human beings. Like I don't believe that. <laughs> Did he have the sniffles Maybe. at one point? Maybe we, it was. It, Did he have a runny nose at some dude, point during the sure. during the two months he was gone or whatever it was? Right, like, sure. <laughs> all of a sudden, like by the way, didn't get that information about all of a sudden he's better. Um, yeah, but it'll be it, it it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I I think if the players don't get on board i wouldn't i uh, there's no way i'm forcing this on them not at this late stage the guy left the team the guy quit on the team but i mean we're talking about a reserve big yeah the guy quit on the team uh, 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 I, I understand i i actually think it's a good sign for this team moving forward well, that on friday they've like they've they made the decision as a team it appears like hey i don't know about this like i get it him and tomlin are different profile bigs like, I, I totally understand that. But you added a big. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this, it'd be one thing if, like, they had two bigs that you could yeah, trust. Yeah, if you didn't have Tomlin yeah. back. Yeah, if you didn't have Tomlin at this point. But, sorry. <laughs> like, it hasn't worked out. Like, I I'm will so- say, though, you know, you mentioned GM Penny. Like, Penny, Penny is a, t- he's a talent acquisition guy. He like, is, deep down, like. I understand that, but also, like, Penny also likes to do the move of what we just discussed there. You come up with one scenario, like this was the same thing you kept hearing about when Amani came back. Like, what if there's a game where you need one big shot? Yeah, and it's need, like, okay, they got away with it. Like, it, it did because I was gonna say he did bring Imani Bates back for the NCAA Correct. tournament, and like they got away with it, didn't cost them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like that was a lot of risk for very little reward. That's what this strikes me as. Yeah. What are like? What is the reward in this very one specific scenario? Be like, be, it, the reward would be if you run into a game down the stretch where you run into foul trouble, first of all. Okay, or, yeah, all right, let me, let, me, yeah. let me play it this way. I agree way. with you, though. Let me play it this way. What happens when Jordan Brown is sitting on the bench for the third straight game? Yeah. No, because that's the other thing. It's like, is Jordan Brown going to accept the fact that he is now, to me, if he's on this team, he is the fourth big. Well, if there's anything I've learned from Eric Cartman, you will say what you need to say to get back what you want. Yeah. Does that mean you're gonna have all of a sudden you're gonna your attitudes fixed? Because it seemed to me that there was an extreme amount of moping. Well, I think it was he. I I think one, and we shouldn't ignore this. It was very clear he was like kind of square peg round hole. Sure. Type of no, situation. There, there's no question. Wasn't a great like, fit. Like, it wasn't a great fit to begin with. He's more of like a guy who wants to play in a slow town game. Now at the same time, go back and like there's. I don't, that the player, if you go watch the Louisiana NCAA tournament game uh-huh. against Tennessee last year, that was, that player and the player we saw here in Memphis are not the same person. And yeah, so but I. It, that, well, A, he was in much better shape. He like, was in that, better shape. No and he was the focal point like, of an entire offense. And I don't know, I don't, did he have like some, some injury maybe coming into the summer? Like, I have no idea. Like, I don't yeah. know what his health status was, but there's no question physically he does not look like the same player. But also, Tennessee's not. Tennessee doesn't want to get into an up and down game. Yeah. Like they're fine. If you want to play in the half court, they're cool with that. Yeah. No, they want they want to muck it up. Yeah. I mean, like, they're very much like SMU. SMU's coached by Rob Lanier, like a, yeah. a Rick Barnes disciple. And that that type of game is how Tennessee wants to play, uh, by and large. So um interesting dilemma there. Again, I think I'm with I think I'm with the players. I I, I, I definitely am. Especially when you've got a situation now where it's like feels like this team's starting to kind of come along. Why would you introduce another element? Yeah, why would you why would you try? I mean, yeah. Yeah, it'll be I'll be fascinated to see what uh, what Penny says further about this the further developments, but make sure you go check out the story over at commercialpill.com that Jason did. All right, so Mark is going to head down to FedEx Forum. Of course, the Grizzlies taking on the Warriors tonight. You can watch it both on Bally's and TNT, correct? I believe it's a TNT game. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, yes, I'm that always, is accurate. I'm always with my guys. Pre-game will start at 4.30, tip-off at 5 o'clock. So Eric will have tip-off at 5 o'clock. But I also want to let you know that the program is brought to you by one of my new favorite spots in town, Birdies, located 493 South Main Street, Suite 101. It's an indoor golf simulator concept located in the historic South Main District of downtown. They have three golf simulators a virtual putting course, as well as a full service bar and a great menu. And if you're anything like me, you hate the cold, you hate this part of the calendar, but you got the itch to go work on your golf game. It is the absolute perfect spot. Another thing that I love about birdies, oftentimes when you go into golf simulators, the place that you're actually swinging, you start to feel claustrophobic. You do not at birdies. Great high ceilings, lots of room. You can make a full swing. It is a fantastic environment to work on your game. Also, You have the nice artificial turf that allows you to hit down on the golf ball. It's not just like going hitting on mats at a driving range. You will love it. Also, you can play 600 courses worldwide, including pretty much if you can name it, you can look it up and you can play. You can also watch the game while you're playing one of your favorite courses in the world. The Winter League starts tonight, although I haven't seen an update based upon weather. But Winter League, it does sign or starts tonight. You can sign up on their Instagram page over at birdies901. Golfatbirdies.com. If you want to reserve a hitting bay today, you can do so at golfatbirdies.com. When we come back, Mark's going to get on the road. He'll join us via the phone. We'll talk Grizzlies next right here on Jane Otto and Jeffrey, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Gianato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Gianato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Coming up next segment, we'll get into Super Wild Card Weekend that honestly wasn't all that super. We did get a great game last night. I'll give you my thoughts and the notebook on all the action from Super Wild Card Weekend. But tonight, or I should say this evening, I never know quite what to do with a 5 o'clock start. I always feel like you just, you're just you better off saying this evening. The Grizzlies will host the Golden State Warriors. And Mark, this was a game that looked a lot more fun when the schedule was released. One of the game, like when the schedule first came out, I remember this was like one of the four or five games I circled as yeah. like, this is one of the great games on the schedule this season. you know the MLK game's always a big game for the Grizzlies, both because of you know the the, the stuff they do surrounding the game in honor of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. but also because it's you know it's going to be a national TV showcase for the Grizzlies. And then you add on the fact, so then you've got that and then it was like, oh then then you got the Warriors who, you know, obviously there's some history, recent history with the Grizzlies and the Warriors. Yeah. Just then they ha- it was going to be their first visit to Memphis of the year. Um, and then, obviously, just the wind's been taken out of the sails in, in any number of ways. One, obviously the Grizzlies look like the Bizarro Grizzlies all of a sudden with no one available. They look like the hustle. Yeah. The Warriors are, you know, kind of struggling themselves, looking kind of... Dealing with their own mortality, it feels like as a as a as a dynasty. Um, and then you add on the fact that, frankly, like there's now going to be an NFL playoff game going on yeah. during the game. You know, like that's going to take some eyeballs away too. Yeah, and I know there's probably nothing you could do, but didn't you feel like yesterday, like having to wait till three forty five to kick off a playoff game? Like once we moved the Buffalo game, could we have not just moved up? Like, can we not moved up the Dallas game? You know, an hour or two. Like, did anyone need to stay up to watch kickoff at seven thirty for the for the Rams? Like, I I feel like. Well, we I feel like it, people. But once, like, can you really change something twenty four hours in advance for people who are like maybe traveling in for the game and stuff like that? You know, like they've everyone's already made their schedules, so to speak. I don't know. Feels tough. Yeah. Other than I, if you really need to do it, which they obviously determined. Yeah, you know, the governor determined they had to do it in Buffalo. No, like I'm not um, even I'm not even saying like the game. I I get I get why the game was postponed. Literally, the Pittsburgh could not even get into Buffalo. Like I I, I get that. It's just like it felt like yesterday. We needed a better contingency plan or a backup plan for if this ever happens again. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Maybe like an have an or. Yeah, you have the time listed as or because it's not forward. like this game's kicking off at noon today. They moved it. You know, it's at. our time you know it was supposed to be at noon yesterday so but i know obviously it's a day later the scenes out of buffalo are insane right now yeah it looks uh it looks like we're gonna have well the stand. i mean it looks like they're not even there's so much snow they've decided we can't clear the correct it looks like they're like the aisle we're just gonna clear the field and it's up to you and the aisles and the aisles like, you know, and like, yeah, you're going to be standing for this one. Yeah. Or sitting on snow. Uh, <laughs> sitting on a heaping pile of snow. But no, nonetheless, we got the Grizzlies, but it's, you know, I mean, we'll see. Jaron Jackson Jr. is listed as questionable today. Same with Santi Aldama. If they don't play again, I mean, that, you, that, that team that played on Saturday night against the New York Knicks, the version of the Grizzlies, I mean, that was like, that was really depressing. I know they played uh, I, hard, and they, they did their best. Like, it was just depressing going, this is, this is Lander Center, but it's at FedEx Forum. No, I mean, I think that's kind of the, the other question as we, you know, as we head through the season. It's like, we it feels like it's been a season of recalibrating what expectations are. It now feels like we've officially reached the point where everyone's kind of in agreement. It sucks, but this is just a lost year doesn't mean that the yeah, franchise gap, year, gap, year, gap year, franchise gap year isn't doomed everyone. it's just it's a it's a yeah it's a lost year gap year however you want to define it but honestly I found myself kind of okay with it because it feels like now we're not going to have to deal with should they tank should they you know like you're not going to have the fan yeah. the infighting in the fan base of like what's best everyone just kind of acknowledges this sucks yes yeah no it's I mean listen, there's gonna be no need for a debate because if with Marcus Smart out six weeks at least, with Desmond Bain out six weeks at least, with John Moran out for the season, I mean, you know, they're not they're not gonna be able to win a bunch of games. It's just impossible. No, the other the other the thing, thing I was thinking of this now pitch. I don't know how again it was it was Brandon Clark's words, not not what the franchise was saying, but this now to me just even more emphasizes like there's literally no reason to rush him back if that means he doesn't play the season so be it like it's now like turning- well, I think it helps in that in that you can now maybe if he is healthy and cleared like you can bring him back in some low pressure games in like April you know you yeah. like, And get his feet wet and it won't ma- there won't be like this pressure on it like if they were in the playoff race or even the play race there'd be this pressure on him to be the player he was right away which is unrealistic but now now there's like you know if he can get his feet wet for 5 or 10 games at the end of the season like that feels like that that feels like a win right there you know and so his, his first game back isn't the beginning of next season i frankly would uh, think honestly though i game. would say though that depends on the reverse standings like if you're sniffing that if you're sniffing that four that five i kind of want him getting some rest yeah may i, I Either way, there is no pressure on whether he plays or doesn't. Yeah, play. no, I, I there's, there's 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 no reason to he should now I think the same I think the same applies to Marcus Martin, Desmond Bain. Yeah, no, absolutely. If, they, if it, we're talking at least six weeks, that means that the earliest those guys are coming back at the beginning of March. By that point, like what is like is there really something to gain from them playing a little bit for a month and a half? No, because in the end, like the whole point is seeing what they, what they provide to you with Ja Moran and Ja's not playing. Yeah, exactly. So I like to me, what, what's going to be annoying. I mean, I don't know if annoying is right. It depends if you're like a, if you're, if you're an NBA, like junkie, this might end up being entertaining. Cause like, you know what's going to happen? There's going to be a revolving door of 10 day contract guys coming in here. That's what it's going to be. Or or because of, Waivers, or whatever they call it, the injury, uh, the, the, yeah, the, like the, the hardship waiver yeah. extended 10 days essentially. But that's what we're gonna have. No, like I mean, we're, maybe- we're getting back to the Delon Wright triple double watch, which again, yes. it's a dark point in the, in the franchise history. With that being said, it was fun to watch, yes, there was it wasn't horrible, correct? Um, and then I mean, the other interesting thing left is the trade deadline because I do think they could still make some moves at the deadline not for this season but aim towards next year potentially. Yeah, I su- I mean I suppose but like at a certain point it's even if it's roster consolidation to set yeah. you up for the off season. You know what I mean? Like even I'm not saying they're going to make some major deal right now but it like, certainly I freezes... do think they could be active. It certainly frees you up because you don't have to worry about this question of well, we we think this makes us better in the long term but What if it hurts us in the short term? Is that – like, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Like, now you are able to focus on every roster decision should be about making this team as good as possible for the next two seasons. Yeah. No, because I will say, as we talk about it, it's taken – yes, all these injuries have taken some of the pressure off the right now. Like, for instance, we talked about it already. Like, now, like – I find it hard to believe like Taylor Jenkins is going to lose his job. Like, like that's not going to happen given the small sample size we had with the, the full team this year. Um, but what it does do is it feels like it ratchets, ratchets up pressure exponentially on next season. Well, and right? yeah, I would agree with you on that. It feels like it feels, it feels to me as if he's going to make it through to next season, but he starts next season on a pretty hot seat. And the thing though that I find he starts next season on the if you are bad through the first twenty twenty five games again you will lose your job right and that season. so I guess that kind of becomes the question like we've seen his teams kind of take a while to get going yeah so like I do wonder like you know does that mean by December what what does that mean but it feels like right now everybody's just going to get a hall pass for whatever the whatever the final record is yeah yeah um... also. Draymond returns tonight. I know. Yeah, he came back right in time. I got a, I got a lot of texts from my college friends that know how much I just adore Draymond. They're like, are you going to go welcome him <laughs> back? It's like, eh. Uh, well, we got bad well, weather. I am kind of curious. How many people you think show up tonight? Like, what type have, of crowd are we I talking about? I have no idea. Because even if you're on the fence, isn't this weather enough to be like, eh, I can watch it home? Because to your other well, point, it's, it's not, like it's, now the playoff game, like... There's a lot else going yeah, no, on. No, it's like yeah. I mean, honestly, it's more I, to me. It's less about the weather and more about like it's like, do I really want to drive like or, or, like right now? I'm on 240 and I'm driving like you know 30 35 miles an hour, and it's like, do I really want to do that to watch this team? You know, like you know, like to watch maybe Jaron Jackson Jr. tonight? Like that's that's what we're talking about. Maybe, you, know, you I mean, honestly, Vince if Williams, you're going, if you're going Mr. today, or, Jackson, if you're going tonight, aren't you just going to see stuff? Yeah, you're probably going to see the Warriors. Yeah, that's that is true. That that is a draw of it. that You get to see the Warriors, um, but I don't know. Yeah, especially like the Warriors in their you know last. Here, here's last the real day. here's the real question: What's the Warriors Grizzlies fan split going to be? Uh, uh, I, don't, I think more. It's, there might be more Warriors fans. Like That's there. what I'm worried because I think if you're a War, this would be my argument. Not like not oh bad sports down. My argument would be if you bought the tickets to go see Steph, I think you're way more motivated to, what you know, to brave all the elements. Whereas if you're yeah. if you're just a Grizzly season ticket holder, you're sitting there going, eh, I'll, I'll just sit at the house. I'll have I'll have the game on and then I'll put the playoff game on too. Yeah, I think that – I don't think that's a bad call. I think that – I think it's going to be – it's it's going to be a real shame. Like, this – again, six months ago, this should have been, like, a gigantic game. Like, honestly, like well, – we kind of thought – even after we got the suspension, remember, we kind of thought, like, a this was going to be kind of a progress report. Like, see where they yeah. were on the Warriors. Because like, that would have been, what, roughly 15 to 20 games with Ja, right? Yeah, what I don't even know what's the record right now. I start, I, this is what it's done. No, though. i done, yeah. Like, I'm before, watching. I was like looking at the standings every day the last week. I haven't looked. I like just I'm like since Jaw got hurt, it's like whatever, Like, whatever, whatever they are, they are. Uh, they are 14 and 25. Yeah, so this would have been like fi- yeah, fi- 14. This would have been the 15th game. Yeah, and I think this was like ja. kind of like I remember circling this like. Oh, that would be a good progress report to see where they were, like, at that point. And now it's just like, okay, the Warriors are in town. Yay. I just passed a truck on the side of the road where I'm looking at. I'm going, how the heck did it even get in that position? Like, it's like up on the side of a hill. Like, I don't even understand how it spun out the way it did. Oh, are you, like, turning onto the north loop? Yeah, I'm, like, on the north loop right yeah, now. Yeah, I've seen uh, that where you'll see cars, like, they're, they're like, on that side of the hill where it's, like, they, they end up being, like, halfway up. And you're, like, how did the car stop or how did the truck stop there? Yeah, I do like, How did you do that? It's impressive. And they just left the truck, it appears. Uh, also, I don't know if you've seen this. Okay. I had a buddy send me. There was, like, a massive – I guess you didn't take Poplar, so you took 240. I'm seeing video of, like, a massive fire at that Exxon at Poplar and Highland. Oh, wow. Like, it Um, looks like a a scene from a movie. Like, you're sitting there thinking, like, the thing's going to explode, and it's just like, I pray to God everyone got out. Yeah. No, and I hope everyone stays safe today, tonight. If you're going to the game, be very, you know, drive slowly. Um, You know, no shame in going, I'm going 32 on 240 right now. No shame in that. All right? Um, No, that is the uh, biggest deal, and it's like, you're way more versed in driving and elements than I am but it's just like y'all just like slow it down and like I'm somebody that typically drives pretty fast like this is just like the classic slow it down and then don't slam the brakes slow and steady wins yeah don't slam don't slam on your accelerator don't slam on your brakes like when when it turns green ease into it like that's when the spin outs happen the, the when you start and when you stop so the real like if you're like Let's say you're not us, where you do All it right. for a living. Like, okay. You're just a Grizzlies. You're a generic you're fan. You're just a regular Grizzlies fan. All right. Not a, not, like, are you watching these games the rest of the season? I think you do, like, are, what I did with... Can you get excited for Gigi Jack? Like, say, okay, well, maybe, like, this is, you know, Gigi Jackson, Vince Williams. Let's see what these guys can do with big roles, and maybe, you know, maybe that helps them moving forward, or can you, like, not get... In- like, I... How hard is it going to be for regular fans to be invested in this the rest of the I world? feel like it's a lot like I was with the Cardinals last year where I turned on the games, but you're emotionally pretty checked out. Um, yeah. It's a little different you're right in basketball in the sense of if some guys are promising because you know, like, it was, it, it's more depressing Like when you're a Cardinals fan turning it on because, like, you realize, like, they don't have a fix. Like, they're going to be bad this season, too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like yeah. there were injuries and that caused them to be, you know, disappointing. So, at least with Grizzlies games this year, you could be like, oh, well, if Gigi Jackson, like, turns into something, that could be helpful for them next year. But I always have the issue in basketball of trying to determine what is translatable and what is, like, empty stats like who's just putting up big like you know guys that are put up yeah. big numbers on bad teams like does that contribute to winning I don't know yeah. it is funny <laughs> though like you now though because like, I was talking about this with Jeff as disastrous as those last two drafts have been like you are in the spot where it's like well if they hit on Gigi and they hit on Vince Williams like it turns out those drafts aren't as miserable as they were you know what I mean yeah yeah no it's it's true and you could see it after even after that Knicks game. Every, you know, Gigi had what 20 points I think and um the thing with know, Gigi have- the thing with Gigi is I don't feel like dreaming big with him is all that absurd given where he was drafted. Like typically if you're talking about someone that's drafted in that spot, all right, you're kind of you're you're fighting an uphill battle if you're hoping that he's going to turn into something. Gigi's Gigi's college year was what led him to like fall in the draft. Talent wise, he should have been a first rounder. And that's kind of why I'm a little more hopeful on him than I am some of the other guys because the two big hits that they've had in the draft, unquestionably, are Brandon Clark and Dez. And the reason why they've been hits, in my opinion, is like they fell for whatever reason they fell. And it's like Gigi Jackson's talent wise was higher than where he got drafted. So I'm a little more comfortable with that. With that being said like I'm still I'm not ready to pencil in like okay here's here's the here's the solution at the wing. Yeah, we got our wings. Yeah, I'm, well my my question with G.G. Jackson is is like right now what, what I've seen from him is that he looks like he's a good player when he's like one of the focal points of the offense and the truth is like I don't you know will he ever be that for a fully healthy Grizzlies team? Maybe, but probably not. Well, I think the bigger issue that I have is because, like, I get what you're saying. My bigger deal is like, what does he look like when he? You're not force feeding him. Yeah, yeah, but it's you know he's super young, and to your point, like when he came out of high school, if you had told people he was not going to be a lottery pick, they would have been like, "Are you sure about that?" Like that guy was a.